Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. Perfect song for today. Speaking of testimonies, um, we have a lot that we're going to be doing with, uh, this is not just a sit and listen or watch kind of a day. Uh, As I talked about a a few weeks ago, um, we want to really focus this year as a church on uh, discipleship, on getting to know Christ, to become like Christ, to live for Christ. So you can't live for him if you don't want to become like him, and you can't become like him if you don't know him. And so that's what we're focusing on, and and so our Sunday is going to reflect that. And so this is our first day of really some changes uh, that we're going to be doing. So it's going to be very interactive, uh, and I'm expectant that God's not just going to work through the worship or through me, but he's going to work through you. And all of us are going to leave encouraged uh, today. You can go ahead and have a seat. And uh, let me go through some kind of um, announcements, some things that are going on, make sure we're all on the same page. Our goal is to start connection groups in a few weeks. And so we're going to get back. We're going to do a shortened six-week one and kind of just get it rolling, see how it goes. We'll take a short break, and then we'll kind of see where we're at with lockdowns and things like that. Things are changing quickly, obviously, as we've been hearing uh, even the schools, um, there's word that might be opening up and things like that. And so we'll keep informed. But we're going to do a short six-week connection group. Uh, and uh, we have a video option. We have an in-person option. And so if you have your app, you can sign up. This week, we need you to sign up. We kind of need to know what our numbers are, um, who's in, so we can kind of get organized and things like that. And so uh, you can sign up on the app or you can go to our website. That's kind of the big thing that we're looking to launch in the next few weeks there. And so uh, connection groups, again, uh, get signed up this week, get signed up today, and so we can plan, organize, figure out who's where, who's leading what. Uh, that'll really uh, help us out. Also, I want to let you know that children's ministry, we just met um, with Celine and Nielli, and uh, getting that a little bit more organized, we've been a little just kind of like, hey, everybody just kind of come and hang out, and kids run around, and all that kind of stuff, and that's been cool, but um, we want to get a little bit more organized that, and so we're going to start with the little ones. Sometimes that can be most distracting or hardest for us as, as parents and things like that. And so uh, we're going to be focusing on the walkers uh, all the way up until uh, about pre-K and uh, kind of focusing as far as when church starts, they immediately go to the playground. And uh, we're going to have a teaching for them and we're going to have just interactive games we're going to be doing. And so it's not just going to be babysitting. We're going to be investing in them. And then uh, after worship, what we're going to do is dismissing kids that are older up through uh, fifth grade. And so we'll have something for them. And so that's kind of what we're doing. We're slowly getting a children's ministry team together. And so uh, we're stoked about that. So that's kind of the plan uh, as far as just um, taking care of the kiddies and uh, focusing on them. Uh, Today is uh, always one of the most just fun days whenever we get to baptize people. And uh, today um, I was uh, super encouraged this week and super surprised when I got to talk to Ambrose and uh, and he's like, guess what? I need to share something with you. And so uh, just saying this is the time. And so I wanted him, whenever someone gets baptized, we want to hear what we just saying about the testimony. Kind of like, why, why are we doing this? That's always important. And so, uh, Ambrose, I'm going to go ahead and have you come on up here. Let's give him a hand as he comes up and shares. <laughs> shares his deepest, darkest secrets with you. So which one do you want him on as far as just camera-wise? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, dude, there's your mic right there, bro. Test that, make sure everybody can hear. Oh, yeah, that's ready to go now. Um, so w- it's always cool to just kind of hear as far as just 
what led you uh, to this as far as you've been coming here for, has it been a year and a half, two years? So Jordan, you invited him, uh, which is cool as far as, again, those simple invites, you never know how God's going to use it, right? You never know if someone's going to say yes or no or maybe all that. And then years later, you see the effects of that. So Jordan, thank you for just stepping out in faith, inviting him. And um, and he jumped in the deep end quickly because uh, I think I used you your second week here as a church illustration. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, you guys remember that? I put the weight vest on him. Because there's a weight vest, and I'm like, if I put a weight vest on me, I'm going to hurt my back. So I'm like, if I put it on him, then that'll work for the church illustrations. That's why I did it. It was purely physical. And so, um, but uh, it's been great to get to know uh, Ambrose just uh, outside of church, and we share a lot of you know, different passions and things to talk about. And um, But uh, so you've been coming for a few years. What kind of did it as far as now is the moment where God's like, I want you to get baptized? What, what maybe in that last few weeks, a few months has been going on in your um, well, I mean, it's definitely been a long journey initially. I'm like night or day. Like I'm, I'm super excited for it. But uh, through the last couple of years, the people I work with, people I've met, you guys, I mean, have all poured into me. I knew about God, but I didn't know who he was. And he knew who I was. He knew that I loved sports and the thing I do for work and all these other things, but they're of this place with the Lord. And he'd use those things to create these little miracles in my life. And I'd be like, oh, let's go. Okay, let's go. You know, and I thought it was me. Mm. And he'd be like, no, 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 slow down. Come on back. <laughs> and so I started to admire his work in my life and get to know him and really wanted to spend more time with him. And this is mostly just like on my own or through Brian's encouragement, through Connection Group. I mean, some of you guys are here that, that you spent time with last, uh, last mm-hmm. fall and um, yeah, it's just been a wild ride. I mean, not just that, but it's like getting to see his work in my mm-hmm. life and then kind of at this point where I was like, okay, I, I give up. Like, I surrender. This is you doing this. You tell me when to take the next step. And that's kind of when I was like, Brian, when? Now's the time, now. yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> been cool. And we're, talk- we're talking, yeah. And it's been cool to see the de- it's been cool to see the development, and, and, and this is important for us as far as realizing we're all on a journey. You know, sometimes we want people to be where we are, you know, or where we expect them to be, and we're on this journey because I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I'd say when you first came, you were almost more into self-development than following Jesus. Oh, yeah. So came, coming to church is like, oh, I can become a better man, or I can become more fit, and sometimes we could be like, no, it's about Jesus. Like, you need to be here for the right reasons, but letting someone journey as far as sometimes people come here and we don't know why we're here <laughs> or we think we do, but we don't understand the essence of it as far as like, no, it's really to know Jesus and become like, and so it's been cool to see that, you know, especially as an athlete where, you know, you, you want to be able to control everything, the outcome, and it's all performance oriented and God's kind of taking you out of the performance mindset. Um, soften my heart. Soften your heart. And, and can, you, can you share a little bit about like you're doing you're in the midst of something right now that's really bringing you close to Jesus. It really encouraged me as far as just like how you're waking up, you're praying. You know, can you tell us just a little bit about what you're specifically doing right now to that's, that's I think, um, really ramping up that relationship with Jesus and intimacy with him? Well, I mean, so Jesus is the new you're brand new kid, me, you, me, me, I'm going to do all these new things. And God found a way to work it into my life in a way that made sense to me 
through my Catholic upbringing and introduced me to this program that it's just structured prayer time, structured time with him, structured self-disciplines, taking things away that are enemies to our spirit. You know, the, the, the distractions, the social media, the all the other things that our hearts aren't meant for. So that way he could step into that space. And I mean, I just like wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll pray for an hour and hey, let's spend time with God. Okay, let's stop and there. <laughs> Praying for an hour. Some of us right now, our heartbeat just went up. We're like, what? <laughs> like, it's, who, it's is, who is this man, right? But no, Ambrose shared that with me and I was floored and he's like, he couldn't even, you're like, I've, I've hated prayer, <laughs> hated with every part of me. And all and now you're it like, just, it just goes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And mm. that's the surrender piece to me is huge. It, and it didn't make any sense, but I was like, all right, <laughs> okay, let's go. Mm. So it's the perfect timing what baptism represents, the dying to yourself, rising up again, which is what it, it it's not, not a religious thing. It's a, it's a outward expression of an inward work that God's doing. Um, and so, awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing. Um, I'm going to have one of our elders come up. Efren, can you come up with me? Can we just pray uh, for Ambrose? And in a sense, every time someone gets baptized, to me, it's a commissioning of not just the work that God's doing in, but here's what Ambrose knows, too, because he, he shared a little bit of this, is Ambrose is seeing that as God works in him, he's starting to work through him, and that's freaky, right? Because you're like, whoa, like God's, you know, that's for professional people, or you got to go to Bible school to be used by God. It's like, no, as soon as his spirit works in you, you know, and you surrender, then God starts working through you, and you're seeing that. And so, um, let's pray for Ephraim, the work that God's doing in him, and then let's pray for the work that God wants to do through him. So, um, I'll I'll start off, and then you you wrap it up. So, you don't know this. Let's Jesus. Um, one of the things I love about our church is I feel like I get more encouragement than I give. I just love the people. I love looking out in the crowd and seeing people's journey. Like we have people here that they struggle and fight to walk with you. And that encourages me. And we have people here that have dedicated their lives, Lord, uh, to you. And that encourages me. And, and God, I pray that Ambrose's faith today would just be an encouragement to us to die to ourselves and rise anew in you. That, um, that you would just use not just his actions, but his words today. And God, I pray that um, everything that you do in him would be for your glory. Uh, God, I pray that his best years would be in front of him. I pray that Satan would be bound because he's going to try to, Satan's going to try to come in and be like, it's not real, and try to bring him back to old ways. And I just pray that Ambrose would have a mind that is so focused, Lord, on hearing your spirit and being able to disseminate what's evil and what's good so he can just stay focused and enjoy the ride with you. Um, God, thank you for saving him. Thank you for creating him in his mother's womb. Thank you for walking with him and doing miracles in his life, even before he knew. Um, we're thankful for that, God, and that now he realizes it, and now he's going to be a miracle in other people's lives. And so, uh, God, I just pray that um, his faith would not only encourage himself, but would encourage others. Yeah, Jesus, you're the best. God, thank you so much that you still call us. Mm -hmm. God, thank you for calling Ambrose and speaking to him. God, I pray that his relationship with you, God, would be one where you talk to him. Mm -hmm. God, where you teach him things and speak to him. God, as he's pursuing you and spending time with you. God, I pray that he would encourage other people by the way that he responds to his time with you. God, I pray that he would be somebody that teaches the rest of us the things that make you happy. 
God, and the things that make you displeased. God, that he would be an example to the people around him. And God, I pray that for the rest of his life, you keep calling him. Mm-hmm. And you keep speaking to him. God, you keep leading him. You keep inviting him into spending time with you. And God, I pray that he would be somebody who lives so exemplary, God, that we would all learn how to spend time with you the right way by his example. So God, I pray that you would bless him. pray that you'd make him a blessing to the people around him. God, I pray that all of us here as we watch him get baptized, God, that we would, we would just be pleasing to you, God, that you'd be stoked on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, man. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So we, we talked about a few weeks ago as far as how, what are we going to be a church that really disciples? And we want to do things differently because um, I feel like for our church, we're, we're doing a good job as a church as far as knowing about Christ. But I feel like where we struggle as a church, I shared this as a pastor and I'm kind of that responsible, the responsibility of shepherding. I'm saying, hey, Lord, where, where, where's a growth area for us is I think where sometimes we we struggle is. We enjoy talking about God and getting to know God, but we can struggle in being transformed to become Christ-like. And that's where we're like, yeah, like I like talking about him, but I don't know if I want him to actually like begin to live through me because it radically changes our lives. And so we talk about that. We want to raise our JQ, our Jesus quotient. We talked about that there's EQ, emotional intelligence, IQ, right? And that's that, that cognitive intelligence, right? We have all these. What if as Christians, we, we want a high JQ, a Jesus quotient? We want to be super high-level Jesus quotient. And that's not knowing about God. It's living out like God, right? Like Jesus wants us to. That's our goal. So we're going to mix things up. I know some of you are like, oh, man, I just want to drink coffee. Brian, why don't you say a few funny things and let's go. I, I don't. No, we're not. That's no more. No more. We're going to be interacting. And so you can group around tables. I want to make sure that we're in groups. You guys can do your little chair thing over here if you want. But but you might know the people, you might not. We don't care. Uh, we're here to talk about Jesus. And so uh, I told you last week that Andrew and Laura Lee and I are going to meet. So be praying for us because we're going to pick a, a certain characteristic of Jesus and we're going to focus on it this week. Andrew's the one that came up with this. So if you don't like this part, you can blame Andrew. I'm going to throw him under the bus. Well, wait till I share what Andrew shared because I, I, was, I was floored. So we're like, we're talking about what, what characteristic of Jesus, like, and Andrew said, what about the patience of Jesus? Have any of you prayed for patience before? That's like the worst prayer ever, right? Like you, you do it once and you learn never pray for patience again because what does God do? He tests your patience. So this one's on Andrew. Uh, so we're going to focus on the patience of Jesus. But I liked Andrew's insight. Last week, I, um, the scripture was about Jesus um, and, and him not going to the expectations of other people when Lazarus died. And Mary and Martha said, why didn't you show up? And Jesus knew he was going to resurrect Lazarus. They didn't. And how patient Jesus was with people that didn't know. They just didn't know. Do you know how you can get impatient with people that don't know, right? They don't know Jesus. And why, why are they acting that way or doing that way? Or you, I don't know, parents, if you ever get impatient with your kids. I don't know. Maybe it's just us and our family, right? You're patient with yours, right? And so um, you, know, you can get impatient. And yet a quality of Jesus is patience. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace patience. So we want to focus on the patience of Jesus. We want to become um, a high quotient in our patience this week. So here's what we're going to do in the discussion. Um, before you talk, I just want you to think about right now patience. Maybe think about Bible verses about how God's been patient. Maybe think about the Old Testament, how God was patient with the Israelites as they were rebellious, and yet he kept 
bringing them in. Maybe think about God's patience in your life. How has God been patient with you? Now, what is patience? Just so you know, patience means to righteously endure. That's what patience means. So patience doesn't mean just to, to kind of go through something because you could have a bad attitude. That's not patience. <laughs> patience is righteous endurance. This week, I want you to think about how does God want you to righteously endure? And maybe it's righteously enduring people or a situation. People or a situation. Maybe for some of you, uh, you want to bust out your Bibles and you want to look up patience. If you have Bible Gateway or if you have the app, you can literally just type in patience and you'll see all these Bible verses. So there's Bible verses like Ephesians 4.2 talks about patience. If you want to look that up, Ephesians 4.2. 1 Corinthians 13.4 talks about patience. Galatians 6.9. Psalm 27.14. Those are all talk about patience. So what we're going to do is we're going to get in groups. And I want you to talk about what you think about patience, how you think about God's patience in your life, or maybe from the scriptures. And then I want you to talk about this week, maybe how is God going to be, just brainstorm. How's God going to call you into patience? Is it within your family? Is it within certain people? Is it in certain situations he's asking you to be patient? So let's just kind of do that. It's going to be a discussion. So I'm high patience this week. That's our JQ focus, okay? So go ahead and get in groups right now and just begin to share that as far as your ideas on patience, how you've seen God, start with how God's been patient in the scriptures or with you and talk about how that might play out in your life. Those are the two things I want you to discuss this week. If you don't know the people, Get their first, middle, last name, and now you know them well, and you're good to go, all right? If you're looking at the passages, again, it's Ephesians 4.2. 1 Corinthians 13.4, Galatians 6.9, and Psalm 27.14 are some options for you. All right, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you short. I know, I have a feeling that you guys don't even want to hear a sermon, and now I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like, uh-oh, this is taking over. Um, and I'm super stoked to, to preach today. It's going to be a, a, a good, crisp, concise, short one today. Um, Hey, so here's the goal of connection groups, just so you know, is connection groups are, are going to be an extension of our discussion from Sunday. Just so you know, we're going to focus on three things with connection groups. We're going to be very laser focused on our connection groups. Six weeks, make it a priority because then we're going to take a break. Three things. Every, uh, we're going to always start off with prayer. Prayer is not going to be at the end anymore, at least for this six weeks. I want us to be a praying church. So you have a theme each week. We start with prayer. We go to God first before we go to each other. That's a theme. Go to God, then we go to each other. So we'll have prayer. Then we're going to go into two things. One is, how are you living out your JQ this week? Is it a high JQ or is it a low JQ? What's it like to work on patience? Is it kind of like, man, I'm seeing God do things. Or it's like, man, I'm seeing this is a real area of weakness. So you're going to talk about what is it like to try to live with that JQ, to live with patience as God is patient with us. So you're going to talk honestly about that. The third thing is, from the sermon then, what did you get out of it? How did it encourage you or challenge you? Three things. The groups are going to be a little bit shortened, especially the video group, so we're not just like kind of bugging out on video. But it's going to be very concise. So those three things are our focus. So just so you know, some of you today are like, wait, we're still talking? That's the goal of connection groups is we continue the discussion. So that's what you're signing up for, um, for the connection groups. Um, just share a few things. What, what was this like? 
What was it like to even talk about just a few insights, whether you heard something from someone or just an insight like, oh, it already got me thinking this way, or maybe it was about Jesus or even about yourself. Can we just a little bit of sharing just so I can kind of hear the feedback? What stood out to you just in these discussions? Um, it could be big or small. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We take over for God. God, you're not working fast enough, so let me just get my, and I'm going to take control of my kids or my grandkids or my friends, and that can even happen with people that we're trying to reach maybe that are disconnected from God. You need to accept them now. Like, I just told you the truth, or I just invite you to church. And it's like, oh, it's a process. And so you're right. So patience can be, be we get impatient when we, our expectations are maybe above even God's expectations. <laughs> so, okay, good, good insight. Yeah, right here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Even the most casual person, God can find a way to make them feel impatient. So, yeah, yeah, we all struggle with it. Jeremiah, was that you? Yeah. Yeah. So if I lack patience, maybe I need to look at, actually look at my faith. Okay, great point. Good wisdom, Jeremiah. You might be preaching soon, man. Keep, Keep up with that. It's good insight. This side's on fire. This side, I don't know what's going on with you guys. So if <laughs> I'm not even looking at you guys. I just, I just, I just preach to this side over here. <laughs> if you're watching on video, you have to be here to see it, but it's crazy. Anybody on the side with any insight though? Yeah. Okay. And you, need to, and you need to see how confident you are when he tests your patience. All of a sudden, you see the skills he's giving you, and you're like, oh, I have that. And like you were saying, then you have confidence of like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Boy, that comforts some of us as parents because sometimes we parent our seven-year-old wanting to act like they're already 40. They already get, you know, you want, you want your 10-year-old to get it. It's like, you know, you forget. It's like, and so that let the work, let the work play out. God has a process. That's a good, good insight, Jim. And you're really talking about James 1, right? Patiently endure. Um, 
so God's work may be complete so that you may be not lacking anything. So that's really good, really good insight. One other thing, yeah? Mm-hmm. Testing of your faith, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. His grace is patience. Being gracious is an act of patience. Maybe for some of us, it's just being gracious this week. Be patient with people's faults because God is with ours. Great insight, you guys. Awesome. All right. We are in John 12 today. If you want to have your Bibles ready. Um, We are in a, a series called Up Close and Personal with Jesus. We decide that with the pandemic and everything going on and politics and all the craziness as a church, rather than talking about it and getting all ramped up, what if we just focus on Jesus? What if we just did that as church? So we're in the midst of that, of saying, let's focus on Jesus and see what that ha- see how that calms us and gives us confidence and peace. And, and so we're in the midst of that. We're in John 12 today. I'm going to give you the main point. I'm going to pray and I'm going to illustrate the main point as we go through John 12, okay? Authentic Christianity, authentic. Uh, Jesus over and over in John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke addresses um, Christianity that is authentic and that is inauthentic. That means that you have the appearance of Christianity, but you're not really a Christian. Jesus addresses that a lot. Uh, And so his goal is for authentic Christianity. And we're going to see that today. Authentic Christianity is always marked, it's not a hyperbole, is always marked by a constant sacrificial life more than one of deep emotion and knowledge. If you want to know, do I have an authentic faith? I have one marker for you today. Do I live a constant life of sacrifice rather than consumption? Which is difficult because we live in a culture of consumption. We think I'm closer to God if I consume more knowledge of him, have a deeper emotion of him, have a consume, 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 church do more for me, God do more for me, and then I'm closer to God. Uh-uh. The Bible says that authentic Christianity, how do I know? Also, and I desire to sacrifice for others, sacrifice to God, sacrifice for God. Jesus, I pray today that our church would be authenticated not by a program, not by emotion, not even by knowledge, but by in a group of people that were so stoked by your grace, were so impacted by your sacrificial love that we actually embrace and enjoy sacrificing for you and for others. I pray that would be the mark of our church, that you look at access saying, it might not be the brightest, might not be the best looking, might be the most well-organized, but man, they sacrifice their finances, their time, their heart, their prayers for God's glory and for others' benefit. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. So let me illustrate this. John chapter 12. We are now in the last week. Just so you know, the first 11 chapters, or actually 10 chapters, cover three or two and a half, almost three years of Jesus' life. 
just so you know, when you're reading 10 chapters, if that takes you a few hours, you just read like two and a half years. So obviously there's a lot missing, but John just wanted to give you the highlights. Again, John was Jesus' best friend, or at least he claimed to be Jesus' best friend. I'm sure each disciple thought they were Jesus' best friend. Um, but uh, so you see, you have one of his best friends saying, this is what I want to highlight. Like, I, I, there's a ton of things I could share. This is the, the, the kind of the, um, the Instagram shot, right? The quick little photos that I want to highlight of Jesus. Now we're going to go into the, like, the final 10 chapters or, or eight or nine chapters are all within a week, just so you know. So when you read John, that's what you're reading. So now we're entering the last week. And Jesus knows for certain kind of the date, the time, and the certainty of his death. He kind of knew it before, but now there's a certainty to it. Just so you know, I don't know if you've ever been around someone that's, that's passing from this life, um, especially if they're a Christian, but I, I've been um, around that a lot. I'll tell you what, my conversations with someone that's about to leave this earth is much different than those of us that think we're going to live this way forever. Right? We talk about football and this and that, and, blah, blah, and, and that's, that's cool, but because, but man, you, you talk about someone that is going to be passing away soon, they're not talking about the football. They care less. Care less about what weight they're at. Care less about what diet they're on. Care less about the economy. Care less about politics. You don't talk about that. They talk about deep things. When my mom passed away, the deepest conversations we had were the last month of her life. Deep conversations. Our goal should be to bring that in to our lives now. Why wait till the last week? Don't wait, parents, on your deathbed to see the deep, gracious things to your kids. Give them life now. Okay, not part of the sermon, so let's jump into this. Um, John 12, Jesus knows this, so we're going to be getting some very deep things from Jesus. We're going to be getting some deep actions over the next several chapters and some deep words because, hey, my life here is going to be done. Six days before Passover, John 12, 1, six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, which is just outside of the suburb of Jerusalem where he's going to die. So he's a few miles away now. Uh, and um, Passover means that, just so you know, that Jerusalem goes from thousands of people to hundreds of thousands of people because everyone around the world is coming for this once a year kind of just huge thing to remember that the Jews that they, you know, they came out of Egypt, the Exodus, all that. If you read the book of Exodus, they celebrate that back then. That's what Passover was. Huge celebration, huge party. It's like if, you, if you've grown up around here, the Balloon and Wine Festival, when Temecula turns into like frenzy, backed up on the freeway, you're like, oh, I want these people out of here. That's what it was like back then. It was like a Christian version of the Balloon and Wine Festival. All right, so that's Passover. Not a really good description, but you get the point. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Who's Lazarus? What did we read about last week? Died, Jesus raised him from the dead. Now he's hanging out with them. And so here was a dinner given in Jesus' honor, which that's what you should do. If someone raised you from the dead, you're going to honor them and make them dinner, right? You should. And so Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. So grateful. She was so grateful for what Jesus did for her brother. How do you know if you're grateful? Because some, like, I'm amazed that Jesus can do a miracle and people are like, oh, thank you, and then they just go on with their life. Have you known people like that? Or maybe some of us are that person. Thank you for saving my life, and now I'm just going to live my own life. 
oh, thank you for blessing me here. And now I'm just going to, as Ambrose said, take credit for it, right? We, we do that. And we see that Mary's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, that if you're truly grateful, I'm going to respond to God out of gratefulness, right? And so she responded, um, not just with saying thank you, but they made a dinner, they honored him. And then she poured this expensive perfume uh, onto his feet. Verse four, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who would later betray him, objected. So this is one of his disciples. He said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. She poured perfume. I don't know how expensive your perfume is. I doubt any of us have perfume that that's a whole year's wage for us, right? And if any of us are married and, and maybe our spouse decided to like break that open and sacrifice to God and <laughs> like, like you'd be like, I say, like, they're driving you, like, no, like, that's so valuable, yet, and that shows us that Mary was so thankful that she gave what was most valuable to Jesus. How do I know if I'm grateful? I give what is most valuable to Jesus if I'm truly grateful. But yet one of the disciples, who should have been stoked about it, he was upset about it. Righteous indignation, right? How dare this? And he says, you could have given this to the poor. Why did you pour on Jesus' feet? Verse 6, John, in retrospect, remember John wrote this book years later, he, then he understood he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, Judas was the treasurer for the disciples. That It says that as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. This is very insightful because, you know, all of us think of, of Judas like betraying Jesus, right, for the money at the very end which was a huge betrayal. But think about this is he started with the little sins of just stealing a little money before he got to the big sin of betraying Jesus. Again, this is a freebie, not part of the sermon, but, but some of us think the little sins aren't a big deal. We're taking something from Jesus. But if we don't watch ourselves, it leads to a hardened heart, which leads to a greater sin of eventually we're going to reject Christ. And so that's where, when the Bible talks about repentance, it's not because Jesus wants to make you feel bad. It's because, listen, your sin will lead to your death if you say, not a big deal. And that's where Jesus says, hey, repent. If, if Judas early on would have been like, hey, guys, I'm struggling. I keep taking a little bit of money. Like, think about the change in his life, but he couldn't stop it. And he kept it to himself. And he thought what he was doing in secret was already known to God. Right? Those secret sins, nobody knows about them. God's like, I'm right here. And so it's interesting to see this progression. So, so he said this, though he appeared to be righteous. And again, he was a disciple, so he looked righteous. And everyone thought he was righteous, but it was fake. It was fabricated. It wasn't authentic Christianity. He was hanging around Jesus, but he wasn't following Jesus. You can hang around Jesus, hang around Christians, and not follow Jesus. You've got to be careful of that. Where Mary... Though we look at that and say, man, how humiliating, like to wipe someone's feet with your hair. Like how humble is that? How degrading is that? Especially remember that the glory of a woman back then was their hair. That was a big deal in that society. How it smelled, how it looked, all that kind of thing. Took what was precious, rubbing the feet because I'm just so thankful i want to sacrifice i'll sacrifice my hair i'll sacrifice my perfume because of what you've done for me i get it how do you know if you really get it of what god's done in your life is you begin to sacrifice because you get it you get how much he's given you so whatever you give to him is nothing in comparison 
to what he's given to you. Judas didn't get it. Even though he hung, think about this, he hung around Jesus. He saw all the miracles. He was there and he didn't get it. Hanging around Jesus, but he couldn't follow Jesus. Well, Jesus says, leave her alone. I'm sure he said more than that, but that's all John told us. He said, it was intended that she should save this per- perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So we're seeing this contrast right here with the last week of Jesus' life, and John is writing this to say, hey, I want you to see something here. You're seeing someone who has authentic faith in Jesus and someone who has the appearance of it but really isn't. And you would think the disciple would have the authentic faith. Uh-uh, it was Mary. And he's comparing and contrasting for us because that's a big deal. As Jesus is going to explain, I'm going to show you, Jesus is going to explain this and illustrate this. One has the appearance of closeness. The other has the reality of closeness. One has the appearance of righteousness. One is actually righteous. So now let's skip down because Jesus illustrates this in verse 23. Look what he says. Now Jesus is going to speak. He says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Here's the main point. Anyone who loves their life, they will lose it. And not love their life as far as like, you just like yourself. Okay, what he's, what he's talking about is anyone who loves their life, this life. I love this. What this world produces, what this world gives, I love this. He's saying you're going to lose life because you can't have two loves. You're either going to love eternity and love Jesus and love what the future is, or you're going to live for the now. And you can live for the now, but this is, you'll lose your life then. You won't have a heart for Jesus because our world naturally crowds out our love for Jesus. Naturally does. It naturally crowds out our faith. We've seen this in the pandemic. The hysteria within Christianity. Like to me, people are like, oh, look at our society. To me, I'm like, look at the church. The hysteria. What, it, it, it fleshed out where, what are we really living for? It's been fascinating to me. So he says, be careful. Anyone who loves their life, they'll lose it. While anyone who hates their life, a little bit of hyperbole, but Jesus is into hyperboles, right? You notice that when he speaks, he's trying to make a point. I'm going to say it very strong. So anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. So he's saying like, okay, if you want to follow me, you have to look at my life. How did Jesus live his life? A life of sacrifice. Sacrificing his time, sacrificing his energy, sacrificing whatever it is, sacrificing this life, living for eternal life. So he says, if you want to be close to me, you say, I'm a servant of Jesus, I'm a Christian, then you must follow me in that type of a lifestyle. And he says this, my father will honor the one who serves me, the one who lives this type of sacrificial life. It's difficult because this isn't something that we necessarily like. Sacrificing, right? We struggle with sacrificing because we like to consume or we like the the pleasure now. We like what is for now. And Jesus says, listen, you need to have a long-term mindset. When you sacrifice now, you get more later. When you want it all now, then you miss out on the later. And the later is what matters. I think what Jesus understood is that 
33 years here is not in comparison to, is to the eternity forever. And I think we have to remember that. Why am I sacrificing for the forever? And he says, I'm going to honor anyone who serves me in this way. And though our world won't honor us, though it's not a quality, people wonder, why would you sacrifice? Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you sacrifice your right to be angry at that person and sacrifice that and show grace? That's what you're doing. I'm sacrificing my anger, and I'm going to show grace. Why would you do that? Get revenge. Put up a post about them. Get it out. Live for the now. Doesn't that feel good? And what that does is that keeps us from truly experiencing Jesus and being able to follow Jesus and being able to be honored by God. God wants to honor us, but he honors those who live sacrificially. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, as Paul writing, he says, in view of God's mercy, so in view of who God is, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What is true worship? It's where I live sacrificially. Because I understand whatever I give up for God, I get more back from God. Whatever I give up, I get back. So sacrifice. Jesus' last week of living, he wants us to understand some of the deeper things in life. And the first one is this. Your spirituality has nothing to do with the depth of your emotions or the height of your intellect but your ability to be impacted by God's grace to understand the sacrifice of Jesus and then to go and sacrifice for others. Later on, we're going to read in a few chapters, Jesus says, greater love than no one has than to lay down their lives for one another. So we sacrifice for one another. Sacrificing time, sacrificing money, sacrificing energy. Because I see that as I do that, then God will supply me with what I need and I can continue to live sacrificially and as I die to myself then I look more like Christ as I die to myself I look more like Christ and what does Christ do when I, he lives through me that brings life to others this can happen in big and uh, small ways this week sometimes we think it has to be this great thing of like ah, I'm going to take a bullet for someone you know I'm doing it for Jesus you know it's like um, so as I've told you guys before that I enjoy preaching, but one of the things I hate about preaching is I gotta try to live it out that week, right? As I think about the sermon, I'm like, ah, sacrifice, sacrifice. Uh, Christine and I were in Carlsbad, and she had a, a just a small um, procedure that she had to get done, so I had some free time, went to the beach, and just kind of chilled there. And as I drove back, I stopped at a gas station, and um, there's a guy that came up to me, you know, um, looked homeless, and so I was like, uh, you know, hey, can I have some money? And, um, and I said, hey, I, I never give money, but I'll, I'll buy you something if you're hungry. Um, and I, I just got a text that Christine was ready to get picked up. So I was you know, in a little bit of a, a rush. And, um, and so it was one of those things where at first I was kind of like, I, I want to tell him, like, oh, I got to go. You know, I want to make an excuse. And I felt the Holy Spirit, like, sacrifice some time. It's okay. And then we go inside, and he, he just gets a, a bottle of soda and chips. That's all. And I'm like, bro, is that all you want? I'm like, let's, let's stock up. I go, what do you need? What do you need for the, why? Because I feel like the Holy Spirit is like, no, more than that. More than that. And here's the cool thing is, is I felt like it was one of those things where I'm like, is this guy being real or not real? That's not, see, sometimes we overthink things. Is he really home? Is that, what if God's like, it's not even about him or it might be about him, but it's about your heart's being revealed. 
and I'm stressed out over, do I spend $5 on a homeless person or $20? That's stupid, you guys. That's, that's actually, at my level of income, that's dumb. $5 or $20 is not going to change our, what if I spent $25? What's been, and, and what was cool is I thought about just sacrifice more and more, and then I got excited about it, you know, and that's when I was like, hey, buy more, you know, and so he's like, how about cheese pizza? I'm like, cheese pizza it is, you know, and you can tell the guy's like, because why? He's used to people either giving very little or they buy it and they're annoyed with them, right? <sighs> you know, because they feel bad. What about someone that's joyful? And I just said, listen, brother, like I said, I'm only doing this, and I like to bring the gospel, not just live the gospel, bring it in. I said, listen, bro, I'm just doing this because I love Jesus, I'm loving you, I go, that's the only reason I'm doing this. Otherwise, I'd blow you off. <laughs> and you can tell he's like, I don't know whether to laugh or not. But I, I go, I don't want to make this any more awkward. I didn't want to pray, you know, because I was thinking about, like, go full board and, like, pray for him in front of 7-Eleven and shout it out, you know, and God's like, no, too much, right, too much. I'm encouraged about how God's going to uh, lead you this week. And some of you are like, oh, how's he going to bless me? He's going to ask you to sacrifice. Because as you sacrifice, that's when you're closest to Jesus because Jesus was about sacrifice and when you sacrifice here's the cool thing is you don't lift yourself up then god lifts you up and god can lift you higher if he says he's gonna honor you he can lift you higher than you can lift yourself one appeared righteous by hanging out with jesus one was truly righteous by cleaning the feet of jesus with the most valued thing she had and the most valued thing she possessed Whatever that value is for you, give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. That's what he wants to encourage you this week. Because as you die to this life, that's when you truly gain eternal life. And you'll be confident that you truly are an authentic Christian. Not one just hanging out with Jesus, but one looking to follow Jesus. We're going to reflect on this. We're going to see it illustrated by the baptism of Ambrose today. I'm excited about that. That reminds us to die to ourselves and rise anew in him. And it's one of commitment that Ambrose is making. Also, communion as we do worship. Led by God, you can go take communion. You can pray with your family or friends if they're with you. You can take it by yourself if you want to be more self-reflective. But that communion is where you remember the sacrifice of Jesus and you identify with saying, hey, as Jesus died and rose again and the Father honored him, as I died on myself and sacrificed for others, then God will lift me up. That's the illustration of communion today. So the worship team is going to come up, and we're just going to sit on this, reflect, and I pray that God would just speak to you during this time of worship. Jesus, sometimes it's not super exciting to think about a life of sacrifice, but here's what we all know is there are no successful people in this world that don't sacrifice. You cannot be successful in any area of life, of athletics, of business, without sacrifice. So we know this, but we don't bring it into our faith. <laughs> and so we're a consumer of you, but we're not a follower of you. And you're not looking for consumers. You're looking for disciples. And you're looking to change others as you changed us. So God, I pray as a church, we'd start with ourselves. Show us where to sacrifice, God. Where are we holding on to valuable things and we don't want to give it to you? We don't want to break it over your feet. <laughs> we want to enjoy your blessings, but we don't want to give those blessings back to you. And God, I pray that we would have a joy about it. 
I pray there'd be a freedom of not being constrained by this world and having to hold on to things, but we just give. Whatever you give us, we give to others. And that's our act of worship. And I pray this, God. I pray that our life of sacrifice would be greater than our, our, our voices today. I pray that our true worship would not be one of where we sing, but one of where we sacrifice. And that we can have the joy of actually living as you live and seeing the freedom in that, God. So we worship you now, Lord. We sing to you. We sing about you in hopes that this would motivate us and train us for what you have for us this week. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com. 